welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast where we explore simple living and high thinking. Each week, we join Vivek Gupta as he offers insights on bringing the divine into the daily. Vivekji has experienced much of what the world has to offer, whether it is attending an elite business school or traveling to almost 50 countries. However, tired with the inconsistent and incomplete peace associated with these pursuits, he decided to turn his journey within. Over the last decade, Vivekji has shared his observations on the signs of independent joy with communities across North America and beyond. Philosophy is a way of life. It's something to be practiced. In this week's episode, we learn about gauging our own practice and understanding how rishis have experienced this knowledge firsthand. Let's tune in. Shataka, more popularly known as Nirvana Shataka. In this text, he keeps telling us so that we are clearer about what we are. And some of these knots, some of these netis, some of these nas are we are not mantras, we are not to use mantras. We are not tirthas. We are not to use pilgrimages. We are not, we are not to use the Veda. We are not yajna. We are not to engage in worship. In the further shloka, he says, we are not bandhu. To have friends, sorry, relatives. Namitra. We can't use friends. We are not gurus. Nashisha. We are not students. And Acharya Shankara finally shares, and this is a text about his experience of freedom, of enlightenment. He says, Namuktihi, Nabandaha. We are not to be liberated. We are not to be emancipated because we are not bound. We are not limited. All that he described, mantra, guru, etc., these are means. But a means is only needed if you're away from the ends. If you're not at your destination, us not being free is impossible. It is logically impossible. It is philosophically impossible. Acharya Shankara says again and again and again, Shivoha. My rupa is that of chit in ananda, of awareness in joy. That is the ends. That is the end to appreciate that yajna, veda, shishya, all of these are means. 
this requires a surreal amount of preparation, a surreal amount of practice. This is the vision, this is the contribution that our course will make in our journey. In the first chapter of Meditation and Life, entitled Self-Mastery, Pujaswami Chinmayananda shares, the truly triumphant personality is not someone who masters the world because that's impossible, rather someone who tries to master their mind. I recently heard this story to show this comparison. Once, Prince Edward, some royalty in, in England, back in the day had come to Bharat for hunting. And he got ahead of be his guards, the army, who knows. And so he was lost in the jungle. And they tried to find him, but they couldn't. So the people with him, they started firing their guns in the air. And slowly he found his way back to them. And when he saw them, he was so grateful to them because this was the sound of civilization. This is what he says to them. Thank you for sounding civilization. What a wrong place to live. What a wrong world we live in and how we think to feel that the sound of a gun is civilization. Self-mastery. With guns, we're trying to master each other. That's not civilization. That is corruption. That is devolving. Make the focus of your life your own mind. The next chapter of our scripture is called Meditation and Life. This is where the title of the text has come from. A characteristic of every one of us is we are endlessly curious. We want to know what's going on over there. We want to know the news, what this food is made of, what's going to happen tomorrow. Everybody's fascinated with their horoscopes, their janambatris. So we have this curiosity. When this curiosity is directed inwards, it's called jignasu, the want for knowledge. Knowledge is that which makes one quiet. Curiosity doesn't necessarily make one quiet, but knowledge certainly makes one quiet. And until this curiosity is satisfied, we never feel at rest. Imagine you're at a Deepavali gathering and there's a group of people and you hear your name. There may be seven Deepaks there, but your name is Deepak and you hear it and you walk over there and all of a sudden, the conversation shifts. You keep trying to find out in a sly way what they were saying. First of all, thinking it's about you. And you can't feel at rest until you know what was being said. Yes, Deepak. <laughs> More so is this, again, this jignasu. Until we know who we are, 
we'll never feel we are at rest. Realization and rest are synonyms. Once I know who I am, that is rest. That is kritanta. That is the end of having to become. Scientists are ever working on sat. Existence, if you can assign a guna to it, is tamasic. If you can assign a characteristic to existence, it is tamasic. Scientists are working on the objects in life. Lamps, heart, um, space, NASA and SpaceX, they've both delayed their rockets to go to, to space, right? That's what scientists focus on. Rishis, they don't work on Sat only, they work on Chit. They work on awareness. They will work on how does one know thoughts? How does one know anything? If you can assign a guna, a characteristic to chit, it would be rajasic. It is subtle, demanding. It is not a focus on the objects in life, but it is the focus of life. Life itself. When was the last time that you paused and just thought about what is life? Who am I? What am I doing? And if that thought does come, how rapidly that's pushed out by the objects of life. Now I have to go here. Now I have to buy this. Scientists are trying to find Ananda. Rishis are also trying to find Ananda, but they're not trying to create it. They're rediscovering this. They already know that life is not outside, life is inside. So the more that they know who they are, the more they'll reach that ananda. The scientists working on the objects in life, the rishis working on life, finding happiness, who's going to be more successful? Who is more successful? And don't take this as theory. Are you a scientist or are you on sat? Or are you focusing on chit? Our rishis experienced this knowledge, the jignasu, this thirst, this want for knowledge that will make them calm, quiet, still. They experienced this knowledge. They experienced awareness. And in their experience, they couldn't help but guide those who wanted to know this knowledge and, and awareness. They couldn't help but guide them. They guided them with their own life. They guided them with their example. They guided them with their teachings. This teaching is called philosophy. These teachings, this guidance is not poetry. Poetry is sometimes 
that which is a fancy, that which is an imagination, that which is science fiction, that which is fiction. But philosophy is not. Philosophy is reality. Philosophy is a way of life. This chapter is called Meditation and Life, not Meditation or Life. Meditation and Life. Philosophy is to be practiced. Philosophy is to be our way of life. And a primary way to make this tactile is everything that we're doing, are we doing this for our creator? Are we doing this for consciousness? Are you married to become closer to the creator? Are you in school to become closer to consciousness? Because if you're not, then what are you doing? It's become meditation or life. It's not become meditation and life, in which case, if that or is there, we will never be prepared for feeling aham shiva, rupa chit ananda. Sanatana dharma in English is our unchanging responsibility. There is only one purpose to living, and that is to rediscover that we are happiness. And this is why the culture of Sanatana Dharma, recently I was reading about the history of art. In Bharatiya culture, art was considered one of the yogas. We know that there's karma yoga. That is me being more integrated through my actions. Bhakti yoga, integrated through devotion. Jnana yoga, integrated through um, knowledge. But even art, is a yoga. Dance is a yoga. Singing is a yoga. And now if we fast forward to, or rewind actually, to chapter 6 of Srimad Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavan Krishna begins this chapter first by talking about a attribute, a characteristic of someone who is ready for dhyana is someone who has less likes and dislikes. We tend to like certain facets of our living and dislike other facets, and this makes us irresponsible. I give a priority to what I like and I avoid what I dislike. It's procrastination, no? And then when that deadline comes, when that assignment is due, everything becomes urgent. Then I feel I'm so busy and I use the word but. Having less likes and dislikes is what one needs to have to practice dhyana. Further in this chapter, Bhagavan says, there has to be some sannyasa in one's life to be able to practice full yoga, which allows one to practice full sannyasa. Sannyasa is giving up the wandering mind. Sannyasa is giving up 
being distracted. Some of that is required for one to practice yoga. Yoga is that integration between the mind and the intellect. When they are integrated, then full sannyasa is possible. In which case, it's not even about giving up the wandering mind. I now know I am the awareness. The mind is a upadhi or an equipment. This is all possible for us. Is giving up the wandering mind, giving up the mind is all possible. We practice philosophy and all that we we are. Many of the opening chapters of meditation and life are to cut away any side focuses we may have. In the Bible, there's a saying, there's a teaching that uh, God is a jealous God. And sometimes people interpret this as Jesus, Jesus Christ, is the only way. But that's wrongly interpreted. What is being described in the Bible, God is a jealous God. Because if I think God is a jealous God, why would I want to be God like that? Who would God be jealous of. This is an English saying of bhakti. Anya means other. Ananya means no other. If there is another focus to our living other than calming the body, quietening the mind, stilling the intellect, there will be no darshana of Bhagavan. There will be no Aham Shiva. So here's Swami Chinmayananda sharing, this is to be our only focus. The most impractical way to live is to live dependently, to live unhappily. And anyone who will justify, but I have to pay for this bill, I have to create this, and on and on and on, if that's not for the truth, and really that means it's for a lie, no? When it's put in such black and white terms, I hope this is more impactful. I was once invited to a lunch and the husband and wife were sitting across from me and their um, middle school daughter was sitting to my right and we were chatting and they were asking me about the trajectory of my life. And I was describing to them business school, commercial real estate, living in the ashram, etc. And I had asked them, how would you feel if your daughter decided to join the Vedanta course? And without even flinching, the mother looking at me straight in the eye says, we would be, I would be disappointed. <laughs> and I couldn't help but laugh internally. But here, you invited me to your house. Why are you insulting, <laughs> insulting the choice that I made? <laughs> and I didn't say this at that meal, but 
when parents are more open-minded. Yes, parents, you would never say to your kids, be happy, but don't be too happy. But how openly we say, be religious, but don't be too religious. <laughs> what do you think religion is other than the practice of philosophy? Now we're all thinking from a parenting perspective or another person. Wouldn't it be wrong to say, I should be happy, but I shouldn't be too happy? <laughs> but we do say that. I should treat meditation in life fine. Instead of one hour a week, I'll give three hours. But not more than that. If you enjoyed what you heard or you want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at medium.com slash vichara gurukula. For those on the journey of self-development, Vichara Gurukula is a community forum that provides an opportunity to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.